The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the QB Factory Reboot brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Today is Tuesday, March 22nd, and the quarterback carousel continues. We're going to get into everything that has went down since we last talked to you guys. We have Matt Ryan to the Colts. We have Deshaun Watson traded to the Cleveland Browns. Kenny Pickett has his pro day on Monday, and we have a couple more pro days to go down this week. So we have a little bit to discuss, but before we get into any of that, I am your host, Rachel Prevett. I am joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, the one and only Mark Schofield. And also, we have another special guest. You guys know that we love bringing special guests on the show. And on today's episode, we are joined by senior NFL reporter for the Draft Network. She was also formerly with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as their staff writer. Her name is Carmen Vitale. So, yeah, we're so excited to have you, Carmen. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Mark, Carmen, how's it going? How are you both doing? Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. It's great to have Carmen here. And I'm excited for the show. I'm excited to dive in. We got we got a ton to talk about, like you said, Rachel, with the, the quarterback carousel. So without further ado, Carmen, I did want to ask you this. The move from covering the Bucks to the draft network. A, how is it going over there? And B, are Joe and Kyle treating you okay over there? Because I got as I told you in Indy, I have no problems like smacking them around <laughs> if I have to, if they give me any grief. <laughs> No, gosh, they have been so wonderful to me. Um, I can't say enough about both of them and how knowledgeable they are. Um, I got yelled at actually by Kyle because I was like, you guys make me feel so dumb. And he's like, you're not dumb. So he's doing the exact opposite of of giving me any sort of flack. Um, But yeah, no, the move was very like, I I wanted to move into NFL coverage. I wanted to cover the entire league. Um, The Draft Network gave me the opportunity to do that. Uh, and I'm also going to be now acting as their managing editor, editor as go. well. That was just, yeah, I just started that this week. So I literally like got off of a training session just to come on like right here. So that was uh, a kind of a back-to-back thing. I am trying to tread water as best as I possibly can, but there's so much news, like starting at the combine and then moving right into free agency 
from being so hyper-focused on one team. And now it's like the whole league has opened up and it's so much, it's so much stuff. My screen time was not a fun little notification to get uh, the other day. <laughs> yeah. That notification is never any good. Comrade, let, let's talk about sort of the quarterback carousel, because as we're shelting up, we've had so many moves the past couple of days, past week, actually, what stood out to you from the quarterback movement so far? Well, I said this as soon as, Atlanta entered the race for Deshaun Watson. I my whole thing was like, what? How do you feel if you're Matt Ryan? Like you've given everything you can to this franchise. You have done everything asked. You haven't been surrounded by a great team, uh, especially these last few years. And when you have been, you've had success. So what else do you want from a quarterback? Um, I thought that was really surprising. I didn't think that the Falcons really had any serious interest in Deshaun. Um, I forgot who it was that brought up. I think it was Jeff Schwartz that brought up like maybe that the um, the Falcons were just trying to drive up the price for both the Saints and the Panthers when it came to uh, Deshaun Watson. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting thought. Maybe they are trying to do that because why in the world would they want him? And then when it was, that was like the whole, that whole cycle was just the most shocked, like weird thing to me. Um, and then for him to say that Cleveland's out of it and it's down to like the NFC South. And then all of a sudden go back to, I don't know, the whole thing was just crazy. But I just, I kind of, not that I was inclined to feel for Matt Ryan in any way, being a part right. of the Bucks for so long, but like, I kind of felt for Matt Ryan. I wanted to touch on Matt Ryan a little bit more. So the fact that he's going to the Colts, right? And they've had a lot of different quarterbacks over these last, what, seven years. That's crazy. How do you think he's going to have an impact on the team in his first season there? I mean, he's the, he's a pro, and we saw this when Philip Rivers joined the Colts. You know, you kind of instantly upgrade that side of the ball. He's got a really good running game to lean on in Indianapolis and Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think it's a really good setup for him. I think that it's probably a better setup than the Falcons. I know it's a better setup than the Falcons. So, like, I think he's coming out as a winner on top of all this. My whole thing was just, like, I didn't understand why the Falcons wanted to get rid of him. But, no, I think that – He's going to have all the tools that he needs. I think he probably, they could use some more receiving weapons and stuff like that uh, because he's been so used to being in such a pass heavy offense. That's going to be different for him, but he is getting older. And I think that once he realizes that he can lean a little bit more on the run game or, you know, these checkdowns to Jonathan Taylor who can get yards after the catch, I think that he's going to really like it. Two quarterbacks we haven't seen any news on yet. They're sort of waiting in the wings. Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, Mayfield obviously needs a new home because of the Watson trade. Garoppolo with Trey Lance waiting in the wings. Karma, where do you think those two guys land? Do you think you are going to get news on that front anytime soon? Yeah, I mean, I think that you kind of have to. I don't know, like, this whole the drama surrounding Baker Mayfield. I mean, I... Again, I was like, these guys are competitors. They don't want to be told that they're second fiddle to anyone. Is Deshaun Watson an upgrade? I think that remains to be seen, too, as far as – and, like, this is a guy that hasn't played football in a year. And if I were Baker Mayfield, I would have felt some type of way about that, too. Um, but I think that you have to look at – I mean, like, is like Carolina was in the race for Matt Ryan. Uh, like, are, is that – is uh, like, they don't – I don't think they're satisfied with Sam Darnold. I wouldn't be. Um, you know, you, you think about that and then like, now you've got an opening in Atlanta is, you know, Josh Rosen going to be there. Apparently we've heard the rumors about Marcus Mariota going to the Falcons, um, which I think is interesting too. The, the core, the musical chairs of like mediocre quarterbacks just never ceases to amaze me in the NFL. Uh, so yeah, I don't like, 
we'll, we'll, I have to think that all of that is going to be done relatively soon, especially as these pro days get ramped up with college quarterbacks. Um, I know we had Kenny Pickett, you know, the other day and yesterday, I believe it was. And so you're going to see more of these guys and maybe learn a little bit more, but I don't know that I think this quarterback class leaves a lot to be desired um, as far as guys coming into the league. What are your thoughts overall of this quarterback class? Yeah, um, I I think, again, it's been it, it leaves a little bit to be desired. I think that just given the nature of the position, you're going to get multiple quarterbacks that are still going to go in the first round. Uh, but I don't know if they're necessarily first round quarterbacks. And I don't know that they've been graded as such. I know a lot of our guys at TDN um, have said as much. And like these guys aren't necessarily graded out as first round quarterbacks, but they're going to go in the first round because of the fact that there are still so many quarterback needy teams. You want to get somebody in, even as a as a backup. Um, although I think if you're taking a first round quarterback, you want those guys to start. Um, but I don't know that there's there's nobody like in this class that I'm like, all right, I'm super excited about. I just I I, I know Malik Willis is cl- climbing up some boards. People are getting a little bit excited about him, especially with where the league is going. These offenses are going these dual threat quarterbacks, but. Um, I still think that, you know, he's got a lot of stuff to clean up and his transition to, you know, especially coming from Liberty, um, is going to be a tough one for him. It's not going to be seamless. Yeah. Cameron, I wanted to ask you about Willis, cause we're recording this on Tuesday's pro days today. There's been some buzz that not only is he climbing, like you said about Detroit, a two now, I mean, I share your thoughts. I, we both share your thoughts on the sort of reservations about this class. But do you think it's possible that he comes off the board that early? Do you think we're still going to see him sort of slide a bit? I mean, it also depends on, like, the kind of – I don't – I like Detroit, I just don't like because I don't think that they're set up to have a quarterback like Malik Willis come in. And, like, if you're spending that much capital on a guy, I just – I don't see it. But, like, I mean, stranger things have happened, right? And, again, given this position – um the quarterback position you're just you just never know and I'm sure that there's room for like a shocking pick or and it could be I mean I'm not gonna also put that past the Lions (laughs) at the same time but I don't think that their offense is really well set up for a guy like Malik um and but I do think that he's probably you know now kind of solidified himself as QB1 in this class uh especially because we haven't seen a lot from Matt Corral um you know Kenny Pickett he's got the processing power, but I don't think his ceiling is as high as, as Malik Willis. Maybe his floor is higher. Um, but I don't, I, I just don't, I don't see it in, in, in Detroit. I really don't. Where do you think is a good landing spot for him? Willis, if it's not Detroit, like, where would you like to see him? Oh, that's a great question. Um, again, I'm so underwhelmed by these guys. I'm like, I don't really know where to put was you. For you coming, <laughs> not to sort of change gears here, but was that sort of your theme? from coming out of the combine was that this league just does not like this quarterback class. No, exactly. I don't think that that, I think that that's, uh, you know, I think that that's the case. I, I just don't. And I think you see it with this quarterback carousel that's going on with, again, all these mediocre right. level quarterbacks. Like I, it's just, it's crazy to me that like some of these, and especially like you've got guys like, I don't know, like, like Marcus Mariota that are coming in and you're like, they're being talked about as if they're like this bona fide starter. And I'm like, what? But if you don't have any options in the draft, I mean, like, I, that's that's the biggest um, tell or sign to me, essentially, is that these guys are fighting over guys over quarterbacks that probably shouldn't be starting in this league. Either. I wanted to talk a little bit more about Kenny Pickett. 
We know based off of yesterday, all of the headlines that went down about his hand sign, his hand size and how it grew since the combine, which is crazy. <laughs> what were your immediate thoughts when you saw all of that information go out? Um, so actually, uh, I it's really funny trying to explain, well, most things about the NFL to people that don't actually follow right. it. Um, but the Kenny Pickett line or storyline in particular, I was explaining to my best friend and her husband, I was like, yeah, so he's, he's been knocked because his hands are too small, even though that really hasn't affected anything that he's done as far as throwing the ball, keeping the ball, like in weather, whatever. Um, so he's been doing these stretches to try and stretch out his hands. So he measures like just the whole, if you like go like all the way back and you look at this from like a very, like, I don't know non-football fanatic standpoint i mean it's the most ridiculous thing it is it's the most ridiculous thing hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know so with, with willis and pickett as sort of i don't want to say consensus one two because you ask five different people you get five different answers who these top guys are but putting those guys aside who do you think might be the next quarterback off the board because i've seen a lot of love for desmond Ritter. i've seen a lot of People talking about Macro. I've seen some people say Carson Strawn if he's healthy. And then, of course, there's Sam Howell. So if Pickett and Willis are QBs one and two, who's QB three? And does that guy go in the first round or do we have to wait till night two? I mean, I think that there's been a lot of talk about Desmond Ritter and, and kind of sneaking into the first round, um, especially given I think – I think that that first round designation or like low first round designation was like Matt Corral's to lose. And I think with just like the lack of sample size that you have with him now and the fact that he didn't throw at the combine, I wrote a whole thing where I'm like, this guy was up at the podium for 15 minutes talking and he had to sit down. I'm like, he's clearly not healthy. Like he's not healthy enough to do all this stuff yet. So you don't have, and if he was, I don't know why you wouldn't go against this quarterback class because you have an opportunity to showcase that you could be even QB one. And he hasn't done that. So I think that he's like, he's fallen off. And I think that Desmond Ritter, he's also on the rise. And I think that, you know, at a program like Cincinnati, you're going against, maybe they're not the biggest school and they're not, it's not the biggest talent, but I mean, like put them up against what Kenny Pickett who went to Pitt, and then Malik Willis who went to Liberty. I mean, Cincinnati is probably is a bigger program than all of those. And he was able to lead that program to a lot of success. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. And I think that that's also the consensus of our scouts over the draft network. Like you could see Desmond Ritter kind of sneak into the first round, especially, yeah, just given that there's just, there's such a lack of options. <laughs> We're called the QB factory for a reason. And of course, one of the longstanding jokes with the Eagles is, you know, they love their quarterbacks and are never like ruling them out. So we heard yesterday that the Eagles sent their quarterback coach, Brian Johnson, to attend Pitt's uh, pro day. And I just wanted to ask you, do you, out of all of these quarterbacks in this class, do you feel like one particularly fits best with the Eagles? I mean, I, I think that you like, because of what Sirianni has done to kind of assimilate Jalen Hurts into this offense and, and all that, I think that you could be, it could be a landing place from Link Willis. I think that they have ooh, similar skill sets as far as being that dual threat running quarterback, the guy that's really athletic moving around in the backfield. Um, but I, that being said, I don't think that any of these guys are an upgrade to Jalen Hurts. Like, I'll go ahead and say it. I think that, you know, Jalen Hurts was just outside the top 10 in most passing stats last year, if not in the top 10. Um, and I think for what this, like, you've adapted this scheme a little bit to him a little more. And I I don't know. I was impressed with him every time the Bucks played him last year. Or both times. I was like, I, this, 
listen, he's a good quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. And I think he's much better than a lot of these guys that are given starting designations elsewhere and being traded around. So I don't know that I see a clear upgrade for the Eagles. Carmen, let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you to be Howie Roseman for a second. You've just said, and I think you're absolutely right. Nobody in this class is an upgrade from Hurts in day one. So now you've got picks at 15, 16, and 19. What does Carmen, the GM, do to improve the Eagles next year with those three picks? Well, I will say that when I first started doing, like, diving into all this mock draft stuff um, after the season was over with the Bucks, I literally had to double and triple check. that I'm like, oh, my God, the Eagles have this many picks in the first round in this really short window of time. So it's like, yeah, I, it, the possibilities are endless. And actually, Jack McKessie on our site is about to do an article outlining his strategy. Um, but if I'm Howie Roseman, I, I'm such a trench person. So I'm like, I... I think you need you need to fortify that defensive line, um, and I think that this defensive line class is a little bit top heavy. So I I would go after a good defensive lineman. I would go after one of the Georgia defensive linemen. Um, very like I'm so impressed with just their entire defense. We've actually had the uh, this discussion like, would you take Georgia's starting front seven in the national championship over units in the NFL? And the answer yeah. was yes. Yeah. Yes, you would. Absolutely. <laughs> like this team is stacked. So I think you fortified there. I don't, I always think that, you know, offensive linemen are always a good idea. Um, but, and especially, you know, maybe not put so much on Hertz to be able to escape and, and maybe give him a bit more solidified pocket, um, especially with, I, think, I don't know, some aging guys on the line. So I'm going to, I'm going to address the trenches first. I don't know with those picks, maybe like, maybe go after a receiver. Um, I, I like Chris Olave a lot. I think that he would be really good. Um, but yeah, I'm. That's just how I am. Who I am as a person. And even if I'm being Howie Roseman right now, I'm still gonna go after the trenches. We also wanted to touch. You used to uh, cover Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So yes. when the news came out that Tom Brady was returning, one did you already know? And also, <laughs> what was your immediate response to that? Were you surprised? Um, I wasn't surprised because I thought that it would be, I, I really thought that he was coming back. I, I didn't have anything necessarily to back that up as far as like insider knowledge or anything. Um, but like at the combine, I talked to Jason Light and Bruce Arians, we all did. And they said, you know, we're leaving the light on for him. And just the way that Tom went out, like there was like, I fully expect him to retire a Patriot, like sign the one day contract and retire a Patriot. And like, he didn't do that. And I was like, and there was no plans to do that. Like he, there was no, whether or not he wants the fanfare, like he's got a whole social media team. He's got like Charlotte Wilder, just did an awesome piece detailing like his social squad and like all of the people that he has around him. He owns a production company now. I'm like, this man is not going out and not having some sort of like epic video like all you know we all see his little hype videos and stuff so I was like I was never convinced that he was actually retiring um I do think that like it was it was probably a real like a real possibility but I was not surprised when he came back and I think every Bucks fan just breathed a huge sigh of relief because again of all this quarterback stuff we're talking about what were they going to do what were they going to do <laughs> do you think Carmen it was a bit of a spite on retirement because you had like lock in four and Shafter come out and sort of scoop his retirement and haven't covered Brady for years. I would have put it past him to be like, Oh, you think I'm done? No, 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 no. I'm coming back. Or 
Do you think he just looked around the NFC and figured I could win another NFC championship? Like, look around. Like, AFC is loaded, but look at the NFC right now. I think that like the NFC absolutely, and like the the, the NFC South especially, like I think that definitely had a bearing on because seasons are really long and it's a lot of work. And I don't know that he was necessarily like all on board with having to do that all over again. But like, I will say that like, if he was going to come back, it was going to be the Bucks. It was always going to be the Bucks. It was never going to be another team. He was never going to start over again. That wasn't going to happen. So yeah, I think he looked at that situation and was like, wow, yeah, the NFC, they kind of need me. Um, and then also the added bonus of spite because he is the petty king and we love him for it. But like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to scoop me like that. Okay. I was really surprised that like Jeff Darlington was in on that because Jeff Darlington is really like in on his camp and he's got a really great relationship with a lot of people around Brady. So I was like, "Mm, did we want to do that? Because like, essentially I have to imagine you're burning some bridges when you do that and you're banking on him actually retiring. But now I wonder if that's going to be, he's going to be the, he's still in the know. He's still ready for the scoop. Carmen, I wanted to circle back to the combine for a second. You mentioned Matt Corral at his podium session, which I was impressed with when he talked about like the leadership yes. Wednesdays and like the team meetings and stuff like that. I wanted to ask you of the quarterbacks you heard from with the combine, who stood out to you? Was it Matt Corral? Was it Carson Strong? Who stood out to you? The guys that you heard from? Yeah, I I also was very impressed with Matt Corral. I, I know I like glazed over it by just saying, oh, yeah, just sit down. But he like the as far as leadership quality goes and just maturity levels, Matt Corral was by far in a way kind of the guy that I was most impressed with, especially because not only did he talk about those leadership Wednesdays, he talked a lot about mental health. He talked a lot about being vulnerable and that's how he leads. Um, and that, you know, he can kind of rally a team around him in that way. That was really impressive to me. Um, and then, I mean, Kenny Pickett is very polished, right? We talked about him having the high floor. He's very, very polished. He was very polished in his podium session. I think he got a little frustrated with all the hand uh, talk, all of the questions about his hand. I would too. Um, but yeah, I was I was very impressed with with those two. And uh, I wasn't at Desmond Ritter's pro, uh, podium, so I didn't get to see him speak. Um, but as far as the quarterbacks go, I think Corral and, and Pickett, as far as podium sessions, I should say. Yeah, they were very impressive. I have a question about the loaded AFC. If there there's a lot of young, talented, elite quarterbacks in that conference, so who would you say are your top three quarterbacks in the God, AFC? That's so hard. I I think I'm jumping on the Chargers bandwagon though. I freaking love Justin Herbert. I have, and I've never been able to profess my love for this kid because I was with the Bucks. So I was like, I can't be talking about another quarterback. I love Justin Herbert. There, I said it. Um, I am so excited to see like him grow because I just think what he's been able to do already at such a young age has been insane. And now he's got a, an incredible defense um, that's completely stacked with a coach that knows what to do with them. Um, and I think it's going to just, he's just going to do, he's going to be amazing. I mean, like otherwise, like Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, like, I don't know. Like it's got to be those three, right? I, I also could be forgetting people. Josh Allen. I don't even know. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. There it is. Josh Allen. I didn't want. No, I also love Josh Carmen, Allen. I didn't want Bill's Mafia coming after you. I had to. I had no, to don't come after me. I'm, I'm not used to paying attention. There's this much attention in the AFC. Okay. Like, I'm there. I'm there now. 
Um, God, yeah, I don't know. How are you? How, so how are you supposed to take a top three? Yeah, I don't then know. Then you've got Burrow. You've got Lamar. I mean. Yeah. God, I, Burrow. You know, I love Joey, too. It, it's it's absolutely and, loaded. Okay. Like, Right. It's so I freaking I really am just yeah, I guess I was just thinking about like the AFC West. Yeah, as somebody that has to do like a top eleven NFL quarterbacks in the next couple of weeks, I'm just gonna do a top eleven in the AFC because yeah, well honestly, you might as well and then maybe sneak yeah. Tom in there. I don't Tom know. And, and, that, that and, and and maybe Stafford. Okay. Maybe maybe Matt Stafford. Maybe. I don't I'm I'm we're fighting now. I don't like Matt Stafford anymore. So I get it. I get it. Current as the managing editor now of TDN. We'll get you out of here on this. What do you all have coming up? I know you guys have the draft cover top to bottom, left to right, but give it the, the microphone is yours. Plug some stuff, plug the stuff you guys are oh doing gosh. over there. You guys and girls are doing over there. Yeah, no, I mean, it, obviously this is draft season. So this is the bread and butter of what this company was founded on, but there is so much NFL coverage also coming your way. Um, I mentioned earlier, Jack McKessie is going to have a plan for the Eagles, what they should do with their three, their three first round picks. Um, and we just, there's a ton of stuff coming down the pipeline, not only for draft, um, and, but also for NFL. And then of course you got like, you got the big boards, big boards are coming out soon. Um, updated big boards from Kyle and Joe and those guys that we love so much. And then, you know, you've got a lot of, you've got a weekly mock draft that comes out from one of our scouts each week. And it's really, I'm learning so much from these guys. I, like I said, I feel so dumb, but these guys have been evaluating these, these prospects since May. Um, and they really, they just, and they're, they're, we, I sit in these meetings every day of them cross-checking um, prospects constantly. So uh, it's really good dialogue and all those guys, I can't say enough about them. So check them out. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We know that our listeners are going to love this episode and all of our listeners, you can follow Carmen at Carmi V. So that's C-A-R-M-I-E-V. But thank you so much, Carmen, for taking the time. We appreciate it so much. Thanks so much for having me, guys. This was so fun. Thanks, Carmen. Any last words, Mark? As always, go Eagles. <laughs> go Bert. <laughs>